Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. As always, I am your bubbly host, Cecily. And this week, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. So if you guys have been following the show a while, you know that usually the format of the season goes, hey, we got album introduction, and then we go into the album songs. Well, this time we're going to do something a little different because, hey, we actually have something long form from Kate Bush that we're going to be talking about. And what is that we're going to be talking about this week? We're going to be talking about the line, the cross, and the curve. So a couple of weeks after I recorded the album introduction episode with my friend Zoe, we decided on a Sunday afternoon that we were going to watch the movie together. We watched it over Zoom, I believe, and we recorded ourselves talking about the mo- about the movie while watching it. So this episode is meant to be listened to while you're watching The Line of the Cross and the Curve. Pretty cool, right? Like I've listened to some other podcasts that have done this sort of thing and it's like, oh, I wanted to, like I wanted to do that for a long time with Kate's stuff, but she doesn't really have a lot of, you know, official long form videos like this. So I'm excited to do this. And I do have to say that before I started, before I recorded this with Zoe, I had not seen The Line, The Cross, and The Curve before. I didn't see it until I started working out like the notes and stuff for this season. Because I'm going to be honest, when I started becoming a fan of Kate Bush's music in the early 2000s, it was hard to find this movie. It was not readily available at all. Like any VHS copies were going for upwards of 5,000, not 5,000, although it felt like that, $500 sometimes. And I was like, oh my God, like no way. And there was no DVD release or anything. I don't even think to this day there's been an official DVD release of this movie. But we're now in different times. This is 2022. We're living in the age of YouTube. We're living in the age of daily motion. And hey, that's where we got to watch this movie together. So if you are one of the lucky fans who already has a VHS copy of The Line of the Cross and the Curve, go on ahead and get that ready. Pop that into the VCR and also maybe pop some popcorn too because popcorn is awesome. I really want popcorn now. And for those of you guys who don't already have a VHS copy, not to worry, I have put a link to the video in the show notes. So you can go on ahead and click on that. The link is safe. Don't worry, the link is safe. And you can just press pause. And so with this episode, we're going to go into a little bit of the history of the movie, and then we will let you know when to hit play. So that way... What you're listening to with us will sync up with what you're watching on the screen. Hey, pretty cool, right? I think so. So I had a lot of fun recording this because before I started working like on this, I had not seen this before. I did watch it once before we started, so I would have something to say. So I would have things to say. And but so this one, what you're going to be listening to is me watching this for the second time. Zoe had already seen this several times. Like she she's really big into film. So it was was really, really cool to record. I can't wait to do more episodes like this. So without further ado, let's get on into the history and then the commentary. 
Oh, well, welcome everybody to a, a special episode of A Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. So today is a little bit different. We're, we're going to be doing a commentary track, and I say we because uh, we have here on the line, we have Zoe from New York City, and we're going to be watching, what are we going to be watching today, Zoe, or this afternoon? We are going to be watching The Line, The Cross, and The Curve, which is the short film about 40 two minutes and 25 seconds film made by directed by Kate herself um, to accompany the red shoes. And so it is uh, interesting. It's interesting because a lot of the music videos, actually all of them besides the weird U S rubber band girl version mm-hmm. are actually exerted from the line, the cross and the curve. So the music videos, even though like you probably, most people would probably watch them as their own independent videos on YouTube. They're actually part of this larger narrative. Um, although I think they also work and hold up as their own mini videos as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think, I wonder if she did that deliberately. She's never like, I don't think she's spoken about it, but whether she films them deliberately, you know, deliberately in a way in such that they could also be used as individual music videos on purpose, or if that was a happy accident, but it does kind of work out that way. Yeah, it really does. And it also, I'm going to be honest, like I hadn't seen this even like before today and mm-hmm. so I finally watched it all today for the first time and I'd seen each of the music videos and now some of the music videos what's happening in them make more sense like okay this is why she's spinning around it's because she's falling through time or whatever <laughs> like okay mm-hmm. now this makes sense so yeah it's a short film she did it came out in 1993 and it has been notoriously difficult to find um in fact uh, for those of you guys listening, uh, there is a link in the description uh, for this for this episode to a link on Daily Motion, and that's the version we're going to be watching. So if you pull up the link there, and the idea with this is that we're going to be talking about this as we're watching it, so uh, you can have our commentary sync up with what you're watching. Because lots of little 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 things. I, oh my god, do I have thoughts on this? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm excited for that. I have not um, watched it in a few years. Um, I remember it, I think, pretty vividly. Um, and then so it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts since you're new to it. And I have my own as well. Like, it's interesting, I think, and we'll talk about this more coming in, that she's in, in, there's different influences coming through. So, like, the mirrors mm-hmm. of Jean Cocteau, there's with all the Michael Powell stuff. So, yeah, we'll talk about that as we watch it. Yeah. So right now, guys, you should have it pulled up on your whatever browser. We, I mean, I've got Chrome. You, know, you can have yeah. Safari or, or whatever. Or you can just listen to our commentary. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like me and you listen to podcasts on the train. Yeah. Or like me, like for me, like when I'm driving, sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts or um, like I'm just have a couple, I have like an hour or so to chill and I like listening mm-hmm. to the commentary and stuff. So it should be paused at this moment. So don't start playing it yet until like we give you the go. Because <laughs> I'll okay. make sure. Tuesday, three, two, one. Yeah. So we'll do three, two, one. Because I can tell okay. you like the first thing you guys should see when you've got this pause is it says Kate Bush, the line, the cross and the curve. <laughs> Which, and we'll talk about this more. I don't understand the symbolism of those things. Do you? I don't Has she talked really about either. It? No, she not that I have not that I have found. Has she talked it's about not it? Not something like with like like with Lily. There's the whole kind of spiritual thing, but like I don't think those are things that actually hold much weight in any spiritual customs. Mm-mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So it's going to be interesting watching this. Like, um, I watched this once before. I watched this today. And I know for you, it's been a couple of years. So you've already kind of seen it. I just hadn't seen this before because of just how notoriously difficult it is to find. Because for a long time, the only way you could get it was either on Laserdisc or VHS. And all those copies were going for pretty high on, on eBay. And so I just never got around to it and I finally got to watch it today and yeah so I'm a little more familiar with what's going on and now those music videos make more sense <laughs> so what she yeah doing. they Alice said they work as contained mini videos but they work better together although oh, yeah. music doesn't work in any capacity ever besides hair porn oh, but we'll discuss that when we come to it yeah oh, oh my god I don't I, think I, I can actually I'm going to probably have to hold my eyes over my face as it's on um, because it makes me so I, I no, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with it. It's so painful. Yeah, I've got thoughts on that. But oh, any- yeah, we had their thoughts. All right, should we do a <laughs> countdown to three, two, one? Yep, so we're gonna do a countdown. Okay, so after one, that's when you guys should click the play button. Okay, so okay. everything should be so, paused right now. All right, so three, three two, two, one, one. blast Okay. Three okay. seconds in. Let's see. Kate Bush. Okay. So the line, we are hearing the dulcet tones of Rubber Band Girl. Um, so it starts. I, I love this I, video. Is she, is she meant? Yes. I actually like this video a lot too. Is she meant to be like Kate Bush? Or is she meant to be just some musician? I think she's just meant to be a musician. We don't even get her name in this at all. Right, she's an anonymous musician. But I wonder, but then maybe she is Kate Bush and this is something happening to Kate Bush. I don't know. But yeah, I do love this. Um, I, what I love about the Rubber Band Girl routine is that it really harkens back to some of her best videos like Hammer yeah. um, Horror and Running Up That Hill where it's just her and another person doing a dance routine together. And I love that. I think she's at her best when she's actually at her simplest in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And this is such a perfect example of that. I really love the routine for this. I do too. And it, and it also it really goes with like the... More. And also, like, the rubber band, like, it, it even looks like the way that they're acting is, like... Totally. Make it, it's like, like a, you know, I've got some elastics around my hands. And also, fun fact, I didn't notice this until the credits, but there's the future, her future oh. husband is in there. Yeah, Danny yeah, McIntosh. I didn't know that. So, yeah, if you're watching it, he is the short, blonde guy. He's, like, in the middle of the circle playing guitar. Um, in the middle of the half circle. So that is, and there's like a close up of him later with something like Danny. But uh, yeah, Dell, that'd be shallow. Dell does win the looks department, but you know, it's uh, not even fair. Oh, so I love this when they're like flipping. Mm-hmm. So I am a known hair enthusiast and I, <laughs> no. I love her hair here. It gets I better, it gets even better because then she gets these like long ass extensions when she goes into the magical portal world but this is seems to be her real hair and it's just absolutely beautiful and i as i said i don't know if this has been released before after our red shoes intro episode but oh yeah that moment right there mm-hmm. her hair just falling over her body very sexy very wonderful but yes like this i do love this era in terms of her looks like i like her outfits throughout this this um this movie but yeah, it's a great routine. I kind of wish that I get why it is in this rehearsal band space for the sake of the story. I wish it was more like with her other videos that are like this, where it is in like a weird, otherworldly, isolated space. But mm-hmm. yeah, something a little more ethereal. Right, exactly. Where this is very grounded, but that also fits the album that it's coming from. Is that mm-hmm. it is more grounded, and also too, 
it has to be more grounded to then go into this surreal part. Oh, we love to see her jumping. Oh yeah, the, the jumping. Yeah. And the way her hair moves. I'm always gonna be fixating on that. Um yeah, the camera circles to go totally upside down. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I love it. Mm. Oh, so this is Danny McIntosh during the guitar solo. So like, <laughs> he's, that's the future Mr. Kate Bush. Or mm -hmm. you know. And the father of Betty. Her dear Betty. Does she have bad teeth, did you say? I mean they're British. Birdie. Birdie. That's her son. Birdie. Oh, Birdie. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. Albert. Cool. Yeah. I thought you said, does he have bad teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. I mean, they have a better social, you know, like, medical system than we do in the United States. Oh, my God. Anyway. True, true. And I like this part with the yo-yo. You know, like... It's funny, though, I'm like, are you bringing back cloud busting with the, you're like my yo-yo? Like, where, oh. I don't get where the yo-yo came from. I kind of think of that as like just it's like something whimsical and fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be like very fun. Yeah. So this part, not so great. I'm a, I'm a therapist. Um, I'm a mental health professional. I don't love using straight jacket imagery just for like the show. Oh, look how we're so on. Like it's, I get the, it's like show it's dynamic in terms of the way it moves with the ribbons on the end. But like mm. you know, a lot of people have very serious trauma because of those being used in them. So like not something to play around with and, Later on here, I think the other stuff that comes up too in this movie is her kind of playing around with people as props in ways that they shouldn't be. So like this mm -hmm. is using something as a prop that is actually really loaded with um, a lot of pain. Um, it's kind of almost like a Lana Del Rey wearing a Native American headdress thing. Like, oh god. I mean, oh, not in the cultural oh, appropriation oh. sense, but like in the sense of like this is not an object to just be played with for fun. This is okay. actually something that carries a lot of weight. Okay, so this yeah. part here, I was like. What is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like a random. This random guy comes that... in with a fan and knocking mm -hmm. stuff over. And okay. <laughs> I would get it more if it like transported everything into this alternate dimension, but it doesn't. It's just, I think it's British humor. It's probably a British humor. It, it probably is. And it's just a yeah. little bit lost on me, but that's okay. Right. Right. So next, so now the band has wrapped up. Their rehearsal and then, and, yeah. and then Kate comes out with really pretty hair. Uh, I love her no, outfit. No, the too. best is outfit. Yeah, you like the hair. For me, I the outfit. It's very like Wicked Witch of the West, but make it fashion, um, which is my aesthetic too. It's very goth. Um, I absolutely, very Victorian. It's this black diphanous dress with a pulled in tight at the waist with a belt. And it's just so Victorian and beautiful. Um, <laughs> like and that. I absolutely adore it. Yeah, she's very. <laughs> what I like about the line across and the curve is getting to see the more playful Kate Bush. Like here, mm. was sort of like when she says "you bitch" to Miranda Richardson. Oh my god! It's just fun to see her let loose. <laughs> and so, so now... if you're not watching, the like lights have gone off, so we're like something's wrong. Yeah, and she's in her like rehearsal mirrored studio space. Dun dun dun! And so the band is leaving, and she's kind of all by herself to reflect. And this is what gonna... is she all by herself to do though? Like, why is she just chilling? Like, I didn't <laughs> like, what quite understand that part. And so now we're... I don't think we're meant to. It's meant to set up just the atmosphere, but like, <laughs> it's kind of funny though. And now we're into. Um... See, I remember this from the uh, "And So Is Love" video. Yes, I prefer watching for "And So Is Love" the 1994 on top top of the past performance. Oh yeah, where she's wearing Personally. like the leather the leather jacket and stuff. And the yeah, red lipstick. I prefer that. 
such a good look. But I enjoy this. I think it's nice. It's serene. There's some Im- interesting symbolism and imagery come up that I will talk about when it comes up. So she yeah. is. She lit a really large, very very large candle. It just like, happens to be thing? conveniently there in the band rehearsal room. Yeah, and she's also like, there's prob- there's a light switch, but you know what? I'm just gonna put a candle on. I'm just like hanging out here in the dark with a candle on for God knows what reason. Well, so I'm I think the- atmosphere. <laughs> not only said she Kate Bush and she wants atmosphere, but also I think the lights went out. So they lost electricity, so they can't. Oh, they lost electricity. Oh, yeah. Lo- now this is making more narrative sense. Okay, so they lost yeah. electricity. I thought she was just being atmospheric. Um, I mean, she there there is probably that too. Okay, but um, it's it's if they at least lost there's power. a reason. They've lost power, and now she's reflecting. And this is the second song on the Red Shoes, and but the second was... song. So it's interesting because they do go chronologically the first and second song of the album with the film, but then doesn't go chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she's just looking mournful. It's quite nice. I would have liked to see something different from the music video instead of just this, because um, a little it's a little static. Mm-hmm. But it's nice in the context of the film, I think. And we'll see something coming up soon that is the most ominous possible thing in the Kate Bush universe. It does not get more ominous than this. And that's when you know things are askew. Things are not going well. Yep. And, and so is love. Yeah, she's really, she really tormented in this room. Maybe because Danny left and she's like, I'm having feelings for this man. What do I do? I don't mm-hmm. know. Feeling like, ah, I want him back here. Ah. They're like, why do I have feelings for this little blonde man? <laughs> She's like, I'm kind of out of the league. What's going on? I'm, I'm being mean. I'm being mean. You got that. Good eyeliner. Good, mm-hmm. good makeup. Just good everything. This era is a great looks era. Mm-hmm. Isn't that enough? So where's the bird? Where's the bird? No, the bird is coming up, I think, after this. Oh, okay. oh there we go. Oh, there so, we go. There we this go. This is very important. So a bird comes through the window, and she's looking at it in wonder, and then it dies. And the thing is, if you're familiar with the work of Kate Bush or have listened to our podcast episodes, you know that, yeah, that Kate Bush, birds and flying are pretty much the strong, mm-hmm. biggest motif in the Kate Bush universe. And they represent, it represents everything from like personal freedom to artistic freedom to freedom from the limits of the body and gender. So for a bird to be wounded in the Kate Bush universe is highly symbolic when birds are what have always been representative of liberation in, and of and happiness in her work. Yeah, and it makes me think of the, um, the other song from this era, the the demo of Why Should I Love You, where she's talking about if I could sing like a blackbird. Mm-hmm. Just like the song was filled with summer. Kind of makes mm-hmm. me think of that. Yeah, so poor bird. Bye bye, birdie. It's crashed onto mm-hmm. the floor. Which, yeah, dead bird in Kate Bush's world is like, that's the ultimate red flag that things are things are not going well in her life because she is the bird in her work. She uses bird imagery to be able to do what anything to be free and so yikes it's the bird though does get sent out in this lovely gothic red velvet like if you're gonna go it's the way to go it kate kisses the bird which i'm like mm, might want to like wash it first i don't know yeah. so here's <gasps> the interesting part this okay. is drawn from the work so miranda richardson is dressed in some like demented ballerina costume and the thing is 
this is drawing a lot from the work of Jean Cocteau. Um, Jean oh, Cocteau, okay. French filmmaker, um, mm-hmm. who in like his pioneering short film, which is called The Blood of a Poet, um, shows people using mirrors and walking through mirrors to travel, which also he can use in his really amazing movie Orphe, which is Orpheus, where they go to the from the underworld through traveling a mirror. So she directly lifted this from a Cocteau, which I think is really interesting. Okay. Um, I actually did not I did not know that. Yeah. And so yeah, I highly recommend Orphe to people. It's great. Um it streams on Criterion Channel, I believe you have that. And so this is Miranda Richardson. So Miranda Richardson, I I know I've seen her in other things. She, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. She made her film debut playing Ruth Ellis in Dance with a Stranger. She's been in uh, uh, Enchanted April, Merlin, Lost Prince, Gideon's Daughter, Blackadder, which I've yet to watch it. That used to be on Netflix and I meant to watch it and I just didn't get to it, unfortunately, before they took it away. But she's been everywhere. So we got big time English actress. In this movie with her and so she's playing someone who is trying she says she's trying to get back home and then in order to do that that our unnamed heroine here has to draw, draw a line across and then a curve and now I know part does of she explain this, why her hands are bandaged she does not I was wondering that unless it's supposed to be just an excuse like to make it like to play at her sympathies or something. I think so. And it's also interesting because in the original fairy tale, the red shoes, the girl with the wearing the red shoes cuts her feet off. And yeah. so you, it's actually weird. It's interesting. The hands are bandaged instead of the feet. But yeah, so she's wearing these red shoes and she asks Kate, oh, you've helped me. So do you want these shoes as a gift for helping me? And Kate's like, yeah, look good. And Kate in this whole scene, she's very serene. I like it. Um, oh yeah, she's like, it's a gift. And also... I'll never understand why Miranda has a unibrow in this. Like, what's with the unibrow? What does it symbolize? It's like the line and the line across and the curve. I don't know. It curves slightly. Maybe it's supposed to be, maybe it's just supposed to look ominous or unusual. That's not very nice. Maybe I, I don't agree with it, but. Okay, some lesbian tension and, here. Uh, I'm just going to say. I'm oh, yeah, say. So Miranda, yeah, yeah. Miranda's like hovering over her and, and Kate smiles. And it's like, I would I would watch the, the lesbian like version of this. I love when Kate, so Kate plays with the shoes and smiles and it's very charming. Mm-hmm. She like really, people said she was bad, a bad actress in this movie. But I'm like, what do you want from her? You know, she's not doing Hamlet. Oh, this is the gay part. They're like. They're oh, like collapse yeah. onto each other and smiling mm-hmm. in this like they're in ecstasy. It's 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 a little gay, and and mm-hmm. I say that with love. I don't think you know. And now they're just twirling. And also the bandages. I think. So do you know what's interesting, Cecily? What's that? You asked earlier when the fan came in. You're like, why is there a fan? And the fan had these like streams coming from it. And so it's interesting because they're clearly playing with images of things streaming. Oh shit! My thing just paused. The thing. Oh, okay. Here. Oh. It's good now. So, so I think what's interesting is that they clearly throughout they're weaving imagery of like um, strings like being st- like streaming throughout the sky. Like it's that, and then it's like her hand bandages unwrapping. Later, Kate is running through like with like things like stuff streaming after her. Mm-hmm. So I think that hey. like, when you ask that, why does the fan have this? Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. So there's Lindsay Kemp. There's yeah, her so dance Lindsay teacher. Kemp, yeah, Lindsay Kemp is the um, influential dancer who taught Kate dance and she attended his classes. So she kind of paid him a favor back by putting him in this movie as like the Mustafa, I can never pronounce that Mustafa type figure here. 
he's sort of demonic. And so now she has the red shoes on. She's being pulled around by like a force outside of herself. And she crashes through the mirror like in Cocteau and mm. then looks fucking fabulous. Yeah, oh my God, I love her and outfit. She, and she, okay, she's wearing the same outfit Miranda had on, but she does not get a unibrow. So Lindsay Kemp is like guiding her through this hellscape with, again, the streaming red stuff behind her. So I think maybe they have all that streaming white stuff earlier in order to contrast with the streaming red now. Oh, That's my theory. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so Kate, she's dancing. Lindsay Kemp is taking her in this like dance through hell. Her, she has these now hair extensions that go down to her ass that I very oh, much inspired to have my real hair. And yeah, it's great. It's a beautiful outfit, beautiful look. Um, and I love this imagery too because like, mm. yeah, it looks a little low budget, but it's really cool and whimsical and fantastical. In especially in contrast to the ground. Oh, this is my favorite part. So she's dancing over the actual devil and skulls yeah. and flames. Very like her dancing on the flame is very Melisandre of her, which I enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, so and she's just having a time of her life. Like that's what I love about Sue. I enjoy this video. Like this is my favorite song on the album because it mm-hmm. evokes this just like frenzied, like joy and like hysteria, and you really get that here too. I love it. I think it's like really plays into the whimsy and theatricality of Kate Bush that mm-hmm. a lot of people hate, but that you people like us love. Oh yeah. Oh, and also, I just now noticed it looks like she's got devil horns or something there when she was doing yeah. that really happening to you. She does because she's I, now on the dark side. And I just I love her outfit in this, and also like the way she was dancing. They took mm-hmm. a screenshot of that and turned that into the cover for the Moments of Pleasure single. It's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful image. And like I use it as a go-to GIF of like her dancing on the flames, like uh, LOL, like if I've done something to my haters, you know, or just feeling mm-hmm. good, her dancing on the flame. So Lynn, so now and she's now like gotten worn out from dancing so much. So is this like a vision or? I think it will now somehow. So she got sent to that other world, and now Miranda Richardson is coming in after her. And I hear here's. Okay, now she's she's kind of like, hey, can you please just get these off of me? I'm getting tired yeah. of dancing. She's like, that was fun. It was, was fun, fun but like, now I'm. And it's really funny. You can tell how they did this. Like, she's clearly like has somebody else's legs from under her, but it's a really funny mm-hmm. image. It's like she, so she's wiggling her legs. Someone else is wiggling their legs that she happens to be sitting on, and she is like, get these shoes off of me. They're hurting. They're burning. They're burning. Um, and Lindsay Kemp's like, no, I'm the devil. I'm not helping you. She has a lot of runs in her tights. Well, the other person's tights, whose legs she's pretending are hers. So it shows that she's really worn them out. He's like, she's like, can you help me? He's like, it's really happening to you. She's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> but this part is camp. This is very camp with mm-hmm. the legs. Like the legs are so fake and so different. Obviously attached to someone else. It's very funny. I also like how Lindsay Kemp has like the 90s boy band heartthrob hairstyle yeah he does look like he could be like a member of the backstreet boys or something oh, yeah no, if you were weren't not together with... at this point but he could if be. you weren't in love with leonardo DiCaprio in the 90s you were in love with Lindsay Kemp. <laughs> sing back the symbols yeah which are the line the cross and the curve and i'm like again symbols of what symbols of it's like a pentacle yeah. you know so she's i don't know how she's... she ends up here Going into a room with an older lady who is, well, actually, what well, we find out her name is, is Lily. And she yeah, starts to get her. more about her, Cecily. So Lily was actually a friend of Kate Bush's. And when she was, and 
it was it was a friend of Kate Bush's, and when she uh, uh, Lily gave her okay, devoted to Lily Cornford, Cornford, a noted spiritual healer in London, with whom Bush became close friends in the nineties. Um, she was one of those very rare people who are intelligent, intuitive, and kind. And she said she believed in mental color healing, a process whereby patients would be restored to health by seeing various hues. Hmm. I wonder what colors Kate would associate, given like the use of color here, like the red, even seeing the bad, and also thinking about the symphony in blue. I spend a lot of my time looking at blue. And Michelle said, red, the color of my heart, which is dead. I'm like, what are your forests, mm-hmm. Kate? But yeah, so Lily is like a real, I think she used Lily as like a spiritual healer. And she also opened her 2014 Beyond, before Beyond the, the Dawn, before the, mm-hmm. Beyond the Valley of Ever Being Seen by the, on the DVD. Um, but her Before the Dawn shows with Lily, with the song. So it seems like Lily is someone who was very important to her in her life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love like, this song. I'm like, I, oh yeah, it's a banger. And I, oh my God. I also like, I'm like, you know what? We get some Kate Bush as a director is giving us diverse age and representation, size representation. She's not just like having young models around. Like she's having old ladies. We love to see it. Her hair, so good. But it's interesting. So the thing you said was devil horns. It's actually a feather on the back of her head, but the way it's shaped can look like devil horns at certain angles, Mm -hmm. which I bet is deliberate. Oh, probably. It's also interesting. So she was in this hellscape, but they didn't make it clear whether Lily came to them or she came to Lily. I don't know if I should be asking lots of questions of this. <laughs> I'm going to say that that she that she just kind of came to her just randomly. Yeah. So then next, Lily kind of plays choreographer and tells Kate what certain gestures to do that I guess will help disenchant her. And it's quite pretty. I also love, shout out to Kate's earrings in this, which are pretty incredible. And it's interesting too, because like, okay, she's kind of standing still. I'm like, are the shoes really that bad? You're you're standing pretty still. <laughs> like in the story of the red shoes, she like cannot stop dancing. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of the red shoes. Yeah, she just cannot absolutely stop. Mm-hmm. I love when she smiles at Lily in a very serene way. It's like she is the mother of us all when she smiles like that. Oh, and well, now this again, part, here's Gabriel. This, so this part, I think, I'm like, this is where it's a little much for me. She actually has the. Hey, it looks like a Jedi knight. It's a Jedi. Yes, he, does. <laughs> he does look a Jedi. And this part to me, I'm like, okay, it went from fun camp to like just kind of stupid a little. But I get why they're there because like it is the story. Yeah, they don't. They clearly don't do their job very well because she's still like enchanted. So what is that? Is that a commentary on religion? Religion is useless. They don't even work. Yeah, it could be. Oh, and there she does being out the circle of fire. Which I don't know, Kate. Um, I almost told you, Kate, Cecily, if you've done like Wicca, I've done some spells with friends, and they usually do involve like, oh, there's actual demons here. So they normally do involve doing like something in a circle yep. when you're doing spells. So I think that's interesting that she is drawing from that, and she's mixing a lot of things. She's mixing these angels from Christianity. With this, mm-hmm. like, kind of, um, like, circle thing from Pagan and Wicca. Um, and then there's actual devils there that I think kind of cheapen it. In my opinion. I don't think the devil should have been there. And as she's walking through, it looks like uh, kind of an ethereal space there. Lots of glitter falling and... Yeah, it's, it's billowing purple silk. Billowing purple silk, Which I wonder silk, is meant yeah. to be, be the ocean, but... Like a low-budget version of the ocean. 
That's that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like it, it kind of reminds me. There's an '80s video for the song "Terra Titanic" by Peter Peter Schilling, and he he has like similar kind of thing where it looks like a bunch of blankets just mm-hmm. like got a bunch of people off camera and just yeah. hey we gotta make a move and now we got yeah. the snow. So I like I like this part it's very beautiful she becomes trapped in the snow mm-hmm. um and she's well she's this is an interesting disposition she's lamenting how these shoes are so are tormenting her and won't leave her alone meanwhile she's lying down I'm like that's not that tormented you're lying down <laughs> you know like the mm-hmm. whole point as I said earlier the red shoes is like you don't stop moving and she just stopped moving Unless she's been sent into some other ethereal ethereal space where she can be a little bit more at rest. Maybe she's like, this is, I feel like this is kind of like when you're on a psychedelic and you don't, you're either not moving, but you feel like you are, or you're moving and you don't feel like you are. Like you just kind of feel like yeah. weird relationship with your body. I feel like maybe this is like her experience. Like this is actually all the drug trip. Because there's times where it's like, I'll, I have been on mushrooms or something, and I think like twelve hours have passed. It's been like thirty minutes, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now it looks like she's kind of falling. She's she's kind of reliving memory. It feels like she's reliving memories in a way. Mm-hmm. And at this, so part, she starts to twirl, and she starts twirling. And this is part I remember from the moments of pleasure when I just watched the yes. music video. And she's just twirling around, and I'm kind of like, okay, well, this is pretty cool. She's twirling around, but why is she twirling around? Now I get it, because she's kind of going through time and space here. That, that's how I yes. interpreted it. No, and... I agree. I think that this and Rubber Band Girl, though, are like the ones that work the best as their own standalone music videos. Yeah. Um, because it just goes in with, like, as I said, with, like, Hammer Horror, other videos. Like, wow, a lot of her videos are kind of take place in this isolated time and space free constraint universe. And so Moments of Pleasure, uh, this as an isolated video, does seem that way. Like, she's just, she reminds me of those little dancers in a music box that twirl around. Um, and it's just beautiful. And her, I think her arms must have gotten excruciatingly tired. But also, what's up with the one glove thing? Yeah. Or it's it, not even a glove. It's like a hand, a leg warmer, but on her arm. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just on the one arm because, like, she's kind of in this, it's, it's surreal sort of space where nothing, everything is different. Right. But I wonder where she came up with the idea from. Like how this is how I symbolize everything being different. I don't know. Good yeah. question. And it's red too. Yeah. Like it's, it's, right. it matches the skirt. And the shoes. Oh yeah. And the shoes. And the lipstick. But I think <laughs> I do There's a lot this. of red in this. Yeah. So I think red is meant to symbolize like this demonic other world, which I mean, is what historically red does symbolize. I say, as I twirl my red hair, but, um, yeah, same here, but, but red hair. yeah, but, but so like, I actually love this as a moment of pleasure, this moment of pleasure part, because I, I've said this in other episodes, I really love like her videos where she's in some isolated, like zone, ethereal zone. And I just like, it's very, um, it's very transfixing. You just kind of watch her twirl and you get like, like if I were stoned, I'd just be kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like why? I just kind of like, well, I should watch the stone sometime actually. But um, but like she just, you get very much caught up in this other world. Like I love this part where she's backlit, um, or frontlit, whatever it is, where she is all black and everything behind her is is lit up, and she it's like very film noir style. And it's interesting too. Like yeah, I think this part is actually the most cinematic in many ways. And she mm-hmm. shouts out Michael Powell, the director who inspired this. 
Um, oh, really? So, yeah. So, and it's interesting because the building's in New York and the structure behind her is meant to look like, looks like a New York City building. I thought so. This mm-hmm. from from the few times I've been to. Oh, my God. This song makes me cry. I'm sorry. This song I know. It's a lot. It and is. And this reminds me of actually her, as she exits the window with the stars, it reminds me of the Your Song scene in Moulin Rouge because they exit through the window mm. and dance with the stars. But um, I'm just, I need to find any way to connect with her things. Hate Bush and Moulin Rouge. But, um, <laughs> but I love this video. I think, as I said, it works really well as a standalone video. Mm. Like, it doesn't add anything to the narrative so much of the story. It, in fact, and this is the type of thing that might have probably made people say it was a bad movie because it's not adding to a narrative. It's just vibes. And I'm like, okay, fine. I enjoy vibes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, the thing that I actually feel like it's this is adding to the narrative. Like, because now I will admit, when I was watching this, I thought, okay, this feels like you're try- I'm not quite sure what the narrative is supposed to be because it you're it feels like it was something kind of tacked on a little bit to, to try and yes. get these mo- them all to kind of flow together when it's not like the, it's not like the ninth wave where that is written specifically mm-hmm. with a specific story in mind. Right. This was done for stuff that was already written. So I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure what the narrative was. So, I mean, watching it through a second time with you, like I can see more of what the narrative is supposed to be. And for this part, it feels like she's just kind of like falling through time and reliving mm-hmm. things as she's like, as this, as the shoes are kind of making her go, go nuts. Right. Yeah. But so. I think the narrative of the line, the cross and the curve is like this musician woman who, who gets like swept up by these shoes and like goes through different dimensions of hell, space and time until finally being able to return back. But, um, which is just, it's actually quite similar to Orpheus. Um, yeah. and she does take from the Kato Orpheus of like going to the mirror. So I don't think that's a coincidence. That's very similar to the Orpheus, um, narrative, but, and this, so this part though of moments of pleasure where she actually sees the people she's lost or actors playing them come by, for me, cheapens it because, like, I love the imagery of her in the snow. It's really beautiful. It's very moving and like and impactful. But I feel like seeing the people because it, it feels, they like said, outside of space and time, and you see the people dressed like it's nineteen ninety three, and you're like, yes, this is nineteen ninety three. Whereas without them, you just get to live in this ethereal dimension where she is. Like, you're really, I think, without the people, you're. Tr- this guy also, he's so goofy looking. He's a giant. Oh my mustache. god! Has, yes, I think it's Patty. It's probably Patty. But, um, well, Patty movie, plays but one is, of the Patty plays one of the devils. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like for me, not having the people just keeps the vibe of your tr- you're in the um like the snow globe with her, and she's like the little fairy woman in the um music box. Yeah. With it, but yeah, the, the image of her in the snow is worth and foreshadowing for fifty words for snow, I guess. <laughs> so she's breaking through the dimensions of space and time and music itself. There's an a crop, or it's like a cross in the shape of an x burning through a music page i wonder where this music page is yeah i was Um, trying to figure that out as i was looking at it yeah because like i wondered if it was like when she was back in her old musician life like a page in the rehearsal space but i love the image of her lying in the snow it's absolutely gorgeous um like there is some very beautiful imagery in this movie that's why i'm not mm -hmm. gonna say oh it's a bad movie like it's clearly made quite cheaply um but they do their best with what they have 
And now here's... And I wish it ended here for certain reasons that we've explored soon. Okay, this this next part is going to get a little awkward because it's going to go into Eat the Music. And... Yeah, well, let's, let's, we have time, Leslie. Let's appreciate every moment yeah. of pleasure we have <laughs> okay. when the music starts. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, so Lindsay Kemp is in the snow. And she's like, I can't hear you. He's making gestures and noise. And she says, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Miranda's mm-hmm. back. And this is the best part. Wait. <gasps> yeah. Three. Bitch. What have you done to me? So I'm going to live for Kate Bush saying, bitch, what have you done to me? And they have a little cat fight. It's This is great. Yeah. And it's funny because Kate Bush in later years said, like, I felt like so ashamed of this project. I wasted Miranda Richardson's time. I'm like, she has, it's clearly fun to do. She was actually looking like she's having a real fun time. She actually really genuinely looks like she's having fun here. She does. You're losing your power over me. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Miranda Richardson's like, you know what? I'm going to lead you into some casual racism. But like, yeah, but, this, but they tussle mm-hmm. for a bit first. Mm-hmm. So they like, they're having, a, they're basically having a power struggle over like, what is this power struggle over? I feel like it's like. Oh, cause, oh it's over the shoes now. Kate has become yeah. the best. She just said they belong to me. So like at first she was like, get these shoes off of me. I don't want them. And now she's saying like, no, you can't take these shoes from me. Miranda Richardson is wanting them back. And Miranda, I love this image. Miranda leads her through this streaming. Again, it's a contrast of the streaming light that was in the, um, that was everywhere earlier. Um, and so she, she, it has this beautiful sequences of just running through like this enchanted landscape of streaming red stuff and glitter. Mm-hmm. And she travels from that into some racism. <laughs> So, yeah, this is this part was kind of awkward. This, no, no, no. This part was awkward, awkward for me. It was extremely awkward for me to watch. Now do you understand why I've always can't deal with the song? I mean, I hate fruit to begin with. So I so look at I, this. So yeah. I love fruit, and I'm going, all oh, that beautiful fruit. Yeah, I could eat that. It. You're stepping on it. I want those bananas. I want the papayas. I want all that fruit because I love fruit. Yeah. I, I know you. Yeah. I know you don't like fruit. I love it. Oh my god. So, so I love the parts of this where Kate is just chasing after Miranda. I was a Miranda banana. I can buy it. Like <laughs> so she's chasing after Miranda and stepping on the fruit as she does so through the darkness, and that is beautiful. I love this. I wish this yeah. was the whole video. That's all I wish we this was too. And so Miranda's also holding the line, the cross, and the curve symbols that can help rescue Kate. Um, so it's interesting. Is Kate? I don't get if Kate is trying to keep the shoes or get or save herself or both. Completely. I think the she's heart, trying the to human heart and confidence itself. Yeah, the human heart and confidence of itself. You know, um, and she's chasing after Miranda. Yeah, this is very beautiful. I love it. Um, and now she's also now looking more gleeful and joyful. Like at first she was chasing after her angrily, and now she looks gleeful. Yeah. And now she's just like, maybe because she knows that she's getting to the very end, like, I just got to do this one more thing or, or something. Mm-hmm. And She's trying to grab the symbols out of Miranda's hand, but not not able to reach her fully, even though getting very close. And then they end up, I'm not up to this part, but yeah, but like, um, I just love seeing Kate look so happy and, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so. Wait, are we up to the really racist part yet? Kind of. We are kind of. Well, kind of. It, it it when she well, you'll see. Like, it I think it's just right after this part, and I right because Kate and Miranda have a bit of like a tussle. Kate changes magically changes into this the fruit dress, um, and that's when the really racist stuff comes up. But so my 
okay, there was probably some academic text on what makes this racist. I didn't look up in terms of like the use of fetishizing black people as otherness. Oh, um, God. I, oh God, I should have oh looked God, that God, up God, and God, I God. didn't. But to me, what makes this racist is so Kate is her liberated self. She has face paint on. She has her fruit dress. She's very happy. She mm-hmm. looks amazing. Not fine. Like her hair in this is pure hair porn for a trichophiliac like me. And she, um, the issue is though that like white people have always used blackness as like a avenue for liberation in a sense while oppressing yeah. black people black people like white people are always like oh black people can dance and sing better than us like like and yet and use like blackness and appropriating black culture as a way to then like liberate themselves while not actually providing any equity or justice for black people so that and again she's not yeah. and this is why this bothers me so much because she's so- using like she has this kind of voodoo healer type of guy and like she's using black people to symbolize a wildness. And that's just like literally yeah. old school colonialist imagery, the noble savage, like to see like he's essentially which, painting black people as savage. Which is what I was going to get to. Like the um, it felt it feels what, what doesn't sit right with me on this is it feels like the trope of the spiritual Negro. Exactly. It's the magical Negro it's person. It's the who magical your Negro person who's going to help the white person while the white person right. isn't doing anything for the black person. Right. Like and they are a tool for her journey. Yeah. And it, that doesn't her own fulfillment. sit. And, and also just also that they painted her face there. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's just like. And also, the thing is, though, it would feel different if there were more black people throughout the rest of her work. And she does, to her credit, like her two male dancers are black. Like, but it's not like, but it's not the fact that there's like, it's conspicuously a crowd of all black people. And when it's that's not something that's appeared in her work otherwise. So when it's like a musical trope and visual imagery, that's meant to symbolize like a letting go of yourself that you're like, you look like you're kind of losing your mind to associate that with blackness to me is really fucked up. And makes this mm-hmm. incredibly hard to watch. Yeah. But she looks beautiful. But she does. She looks beautiful. And I love that dress. I love that pretty yeah. dress, which she used in a, in a lot of promo artwork. Like, there's this one of yeah. her, like, from the side where she's she's kind of, like, has looks like one of her feet kind of stepping up as she's about mm-hmm. to go upstairs or something. And she's wearing yeah. this dress. Like, I like that. I like that part. Yeah. She's really, the, very pretty. So the people in the crowd are starting to all collapse. They're like, this is too racist. I can't anymore. No, but like, yeah, so they, and herself included, I guess they all get so exhausted, it collapsed, which again, I'm like, the whole point of the red shoes is you don't stop dancing, but you're like chilling. <laughs> so don't complain about the shoes. Um, and then <laughs> they show, they cut to Miranda Richardson, like uh, running through this tunnel. Um, so I guess she was like, I think she wants the shoes back is the thing. Miranda's like, you know what? I guess the shoes aren't so bad. A, you're lying. B, you're living your best racist life. Like, so let's just, like, enjoy ourselves. And I want the shoes back. Oh, because Kate, now some of the symbols have flown and landed into care porn moment, wow, into her hands. Oh, and Kate doesn't have the shoes <gasps> on anymore. Where'd yep. they go? That's why she was lying down. They're back on Miranda. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, okay, now, in order to escape, you got to go run through this mirror. And now they're yeah. going <laughs> to... She's running in slow-mo. And now she sounds like, like my cat's... Having a fight at 2 a.m. and they wake me up. Why does cast- Miranda even want to beat Kate up though? Or whatever. I don't I don't know. Maybe because she, you know, maybe because she was hoping to pawn the show, shoes off on someone else. Yeah, like, and, I, oh, I, I think it's because Kate is holding the symbols. 
The line across from the curve. Oh, oh she, that's okay. why Kate's shoes aren't on Kate anymore. So Miranda's trying to strangle Kate. So, but anyways, the reason she doesn't have the shoes anymore is because during Eat the Music, the symbols all blew into her hand, which released her. Miranda's and Miranda's now biting Kate. Wow. Okay, kind of hot. Um, and she <laughs> crashes against the mirror, and Kate realizes it's just a mirror. It's not enchanted. Can I get through? And she walks through. Yeah. Now the and suddenly like, the like lights cocktails are back or- on. Yeah, like cocktails Orpheus returning to the real world. And her hair is it's beautiful but normal length again without the aspect extension. So that's how we know. And so also hell is collapsing upon Miranda Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, the mirrors burst open water. Again, there's also two when we said that thing was blowing purple stuff and lily, the, the water and like ninth wave imagery. So I'm like, again, water imagery, interesting. Um, hell is kind of the water. So the shoes, interesting. We see that Miranda, like the girl in the Hans Christian Andersen story, the shoes keep continuing to dance with the shoes, even though she's like crushed, which is interesting because Kate was able to like relax more. And Lindsay mm-hmm. Kemp walks over and he's just like wanting, seemingly wanting the shoes for himself. Da, 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 so Miranda, yeah. So Miranda, the story ringing. ends with Kate. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, the story ends with Kate back in her world with the light on, with beautiful but normal length hair. And Miranda Richardson is like under the rubble, but the shoes can't stop dancing mm. or dancing, I should say. Dancing. So what are your thoughts on this as a, as a short film? Definitely? You know what? This actually, I'm going to be honest. I was scared to watch this because I just heard so much of Lily, like, oh, it wasn't sorry, very like good and, and all this. But I actually really didn't think it wasn't bad like I thought it would be. There were parts that, I mean, that I would have, that I would have changed. Like we were talking about with the racist part and you can tell it's a little bit low budget, but you know, they're doing what they can with what they got and mm-hmm. And everything, and I actually really didn't think that. I've read a lot of reviews that said her acting was wooden, but I actually didn't think that. Like she's supposed to be kind of like looking around, like where am I? Huh? Mm-hmm. Kind of like she's supposed to be. That's her character. Mm-hmm. And as a piece of as a piece of film, I actually thought it was. I thought it was well done for what she what she did, and. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's something that she should be ashamed of. Yeah, like it's kind of. And, che- I get why she's ashamed of like the cheesiness of some of it, but because there yeah, are were parts that were like kind of cartoonish, right. a little bit that I kind of w- that I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more ethereal instead of something like mm-hmm. really concrete. Um, right, but. Like the parts where she had the angels around her, I would have preferred that to be like a little bit more spacey looking instead of like really mm. obvious that it was probably somebody like holding a bunch of like fans under a bunch <laughs> of blankets. Right. But I mean, honestly, I I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was it was not bad like I thought it would be. And I wish that this mm-hmm. were a little easier to find because even if it's something that she doesn't want to acknowledge that she did, well, you did. And this is part of your like her story as an artist. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And I think that, too, that, like, I I think what I wonder with this is I wonder what she was. Yeah, I always wonder what her intention was to do with this, because it's too short to be like it was it was shown at some festivals, but it's too short to be like a full feature film and too long to be like a music video. So 
again, I think because when you're of that stature of artist, you can just do what you want. So she's making it because she can. And why not? Plenty of people yeah. like, but it just, it's all like, I don't really, and it does also what I was thinking before when you talked about something like the heavy handedness of some of the imagery that like, it makes me glad that she didn't pursue making a film of the ninth wave because I think that, yeah, there wasn't the technology for the time. No, like, it there would have been looking really dated and corny. It would have. It's just like, like, you know, honestly, like this, this other movie that, um, now I don't really care for the, I don't care for the author, but I'm just going off of like the story and the movie. Ender's Game was written in the eighties. If you had tried to film that in the eighties, if you had tried to film that story, it would just, they just didn't have the technology for it. They really wouldn't. It's much better that they had it in, in the mid 2000, mid 2010s when they finally got to make it. But yeah, I, I just, I don't think that I wish that this were more readily available. I mean, I'm glad that for our purposes, it's available on daily motion. It's also on YouTube too, because it's just crazy to try and find this. But I think that, I feel like given kind of the the narrative of the the season that she did this in lieu of going on a tour because there was so much talk of her like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on a tour. I'm going to go on a tour. And then things just kind of started happening to her. And she thought, okay, how about I focus my energies instead on doing a movie because that might be a little bit less work. Uh but I think that she tried to also wear a lot of different hats because she was directing it and she was starring in it and she was writing it almost. I, I've read a YouTube comment that said, you know, it's too bad that she didn't give this to someone like Lindsay Kemp who could have like really like, like, because it's very hard for you to try and do something to make something while you're like this, while you're in the middle of it, <laughs> you know, you're mm-hmm. starring and you're, you've got, you're trying to wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, all of this, mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of rambling, but honestly, like, I really don't think all of this to say, I don't think it's as bad as everybody was saying it was like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's something that if you're really into Kate's music, if you're a hardcore, like we are, you know, give it a look, give it a watch. It's only 40, 42 minutes. And right. it's, it's, it does well with what she, she set out to do what she was trying to do. And I think that she did good with it. Yeah, I think the only part that's like genuinely like bad is the racist parts of the music. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's again like it's not something I think necessarily needs to exist, if that makes sense. But I don't mm-hmm. think it also is like where the, that her body of work or her like artistic life is worse for it existing. No. Um, I mean, yeah. it makes sense that she eventually went this route because Kate loves to do movies, she loves movies. So right. it makes sense. And her moves, music is so cinematic. Ninth wave, everybody. Like, all of her music is so cinematic. Like, why not try and make a movie? So Yeah, I think, though, what came up for me as you were talking, like, her and tour, it's, it's, I, I think it would have been better because if she had done a tour. Like, oh, as oh, much yeah. as I, I enjoy the movie, like, it just would have been more gratifying for, like, her fans and stuff had she toured. And then, and I guess she had her reasons for not, you know? So that's only fair. And you know, and it, and you know, putting on a tour, it is, it is a lot of work. I mean, I've never done a tour myself, but from, but I have other musician friends who have, and it's a lot of preparation. You're getting your body ready, you're getting your music ready, and you, if you're doing a show like she is, it can take months and months and months of preparation just to get everything right. So she probably just felt at that time that. 
you know what? I'm really tired. I'm kind of burnt out. Let's just do this here. <laughs> Let's just try something else. Although I agree, I would have preferred like, you know, it would have been nice to have like a 1994 live version of cloud busting or something like that. But yeah, no. And I, yeah, I think like, is it perfectly fun and great? Yes. But like, um, but yeah, tour would have been, I, I mean, I'm, I was saying more graphic, but maybe not. Maybe she wasn't up for it, and that's okay, you know? Like, it just, I wonder if she was thinking of, like, I'm going to make this movie and then tour, or, like, this took too much out of her. We'll see. I mean, let's see. Um, so this is from Wikipedia. Um, the film was released direct to video in most areas and was only a modest success. Kate Bush later expressed her displeasure with the final product, calling it, quote, a load of bollocks, which actually sounds so much better if I were trying to, if I were British and trying to say that, but a load of bollocks. It doesn't sound nearly as cool in my American accent, but that's okay. Uh, soon after its release, Bush effectively dropped out of the public eye until her eighth studio album, Ariel, was released in November 2005. Two years after the UK release, due to late promotion in the US, the film was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Long Form Music Video. So is that British Chief Tarn that got nominated for Greg or something? Although what ended up winning apparently was um oh actually let me see here. Where is it? Uh oh the one that ended up winning in nineteen ninety six was Secret World Live by Peter Gabriel. Now that is a good movie. Live. I've seen it. Yeah. Live. See? No, but here's what I'm saying. Live. If only she had done something if live. She had done something live, yeah. Oh I know. Maybe if she had released before the Dawn DVD, it could have won her a Grammy for that. In 2015. That would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that is what it is. Although, interesting in here, the film continues to be played in art house cinemas around the world and was screened at Hollywood Theater in 2014, along with modern dance interpretations to Bush's music. So, I mean, some people are still watching it, you know. I watch. I mean, I saw it years ago. I think it's very enjoyable. I don't like watch it often, and not as much as I watch like, you know, the Christmas special, other stuff. I don't because it's also it's not on YouTube, so it's harder to say. But like, um, but yeah, it's. I think it's fun. It doesn't take away. It don't think it goes very much with her whole shtick as an artist. I think, um, like, it's very much in line with, um, with like her what she does as who she is and what she does as an artist and her artistic mm -hmm. identity in terms of like film homage um all of that so and like whimsical magical stuff so yeah i'm 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 supportive yep so yeah that's line of the cross and the curve that was yeah just i'm glad i finally sat down to watch it <laughs> after putting it off for years too. Yeah, and like it wasn't. See, it shows we need to face our fears. You thought this would be so bad, and it wasn't so bad. <laughs> I know, it's like when exactly. Kate said in lockdown, straight down the middle, like she thought she was going to die, but mm -hmm. she didn't. You didn't. She didn't. I love that. You didn't. You did not, Cecily. You didn't. I did not. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about covers it. But yeah, go. I honestly, so. I'm just gonna say, go watch John Hockto's Orfei and Michael Powell and Ernest Pressburger's The Red Shoes because this was fun. Those are better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was that was a, that is a beautiful movie the red shoes movie from yes. 1948 that is a fucking beautiful movie god dang mm -hmm. yes why do you want to dance why do you want to live oh so good i know 
So I guess, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see everybody next time for another fun episode. Yay. Yes. Half dig along, everyone. And now this is future Cecily coming in here. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. This was a really special episode that I had so much fun recording. It was so much fun for me to finally watch The Line, the Cross, and the Curve. And I hope you all had it just as much fun listening to it as we did recording this. So thank you all again. And now if you want to be a part of the show, I will say that at this point, as of this recording, October 23rd, 2022, that... All of the song episodes either have either been recorded or we've already got people for them. But if you want to add your own thoughts on a Red Shoes era song for the show, absolutely, here's how you can contribute. You can follow me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast. You can also message me on Facebook, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast. And also you can email me, katebushpodcast at gmail.com. Another thing you can do is you can record a three-minute message and you can call the hotline and do that and your message could be played on a future episode. And the hotline number is country code 1-757-349-6369. That's country code 1-757-349-6369. So lots of different ways you can contribute. I'm really, really excited for this season. I'm going to be doing something a little bit differently. Instead, it's going to be about two weeks between songs. So the next episode is going to be the first song episode, Rubber Band Girl, and that will be coming out in two weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Hope you guys will be able to join me for that. And with that said, thank you all again for listening, and I will see everybody next time. Bye! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.